بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحوه ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد If you've completed your sunnah, inshallah, please come close together, fill in the gaps. Um, as we've been announcing for the past few days, alhamdulillah, this is a great uh, blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our community, in our masjid, in this area, that we are able to receive scholars uh, from time to time. These are great blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as the days go by and people are always complaining about how things are getting worse, one of the things that is very, very apparent is ulama, the senior ulama are leaving us. And not a week goes by where we don't receive a message of one of the students, you know, of Sheikh Hussein Ahmad Madani or, or, or the other ulama has, have, are passing away. So this is something we, we notice. It's, and when, when we get an opportunity to sit in the company of ulama, this is one of the greatest blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to value every moment. Um, so tonight and tomorrow night, alhamdulillah, we are blessed to have Sheikh Hashim with us, uh, who is from this country, but for the past many years been living overseas in Karachi. So currently he's visiting us from there. And um, uh, he will inshallah be sharing with us uh, two important concepts of our deen, both sabr and shukr in light of Imam Ghazali's Ihal Ulum. Um, so let's sit close together and benefit. And Mulana is going to be staying with us, alhamdulillah, the entire week here at Darul Salam. Although he's doing a program at Masjid Uthman, Thursday, Friday, but throughout the week he's here. He's speaking after Fajr as well. So um, kindly please use this opportunity. You have a long weekend. If you would like to come visit, you know, after Dhuhr or, 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 or pray Isha here and just make salam with him, sit in his company, alhamdulillah. His sons are all over America, uh, mashallah in California, New York, Boston, other parts of the country as Imams. MashaAllah, seven, eight, I'm not sure exactly, but Alhamdulillah. Many, many or even more ulama who I've met, his sons, Alhamdulillah, who are running masajid, madaris. So we're really blessed to have Abul Ulama, father of ulama, sitting with us here. And we hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires all of us to take the most benefit from his, from his words, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala sayyidi mursaleen wa ala alihi wa sahabihi ajwain amma ba'd. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about sabr. And tomorrow inshallah we'll talk a little bit about shukr. So obviously the time that we live in it requires both. Right? So rather than giving my one and a half cents, so we'll look and see what uh, Imam Ghazali ta'ala, has to say about this. And actually, we're going to uh, we're going to look at this subject. Yahya uh, al-Muddin was quite an extensive work done by Imam Ghazali, which probably you've heard the name. However, 
A shorter version of that same work was undertaken by Imam Ibn Jawzi, which was called Minhajul Qasirin. And then Ibn Qudam al Maqdisi further condensed it, and uh, the outcome was what is known as Mukhtasar Minhajul Qasirin. So basically, we'll be using the, the latter because we also are, you know, quote unquote, busy people. Or we think we are, huh? So, otherwise, uh, this muldu is quite extensive, and if we are given a, a few iotas of the content therein, then we're very fortunate, inshallah. So, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahir Rabbil Alameen, wa salat wa salam ala Sayyid Mursaleen, wa ala alihi wa sahabi ajma'in amma ba'd. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka anta al-adim al-hakim Subhanaka la fahmana la illa ma fahamtana innaka anta al-jawadu karima kur rabbi zidni ilma Sabr is mentioned around 90 times in the Holy Quran over 90 times in the Holy Quran from that we can understand the importance not only that all of the khairat, all of the beneficial activities of the human being and all of the stations and statuses that could be achieved by the human being in getting close to Allah subhanahu wa they're all connected to sabr, patience. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and we made among them, this is referring to Bani Israel, we made among them leaders, guides to humanity, who used to guide by the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this minha or this presentation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was granted to them when? After the observance of patience. As we know, Bani Israel, it took a long time, from Pharaoh to the parting of the seas and so forth and so on. So it's a huge and decades of process, you see, to learn that sabr that ultimately gave them imamship. They didn't just go through a one-year course and become imams. Huh? It was decades, of course. Yeah. And the fair promises of Allah subhanahu were granted again, Bani Israel. The promises of, you know, Salvation from Pharaoh, etc., etc., were granted to them lama sabru when they observed patience. Not only that, the people who observe patience, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant them according to the best of what they've done. And those people who observe patience, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to grant them reward to what extent? Without calculation. Open end. Blank check. Hmm? And, uh, you know, for example, when we read about the fadila of the recitation of Quran, لِكُلِّ حَرْفٍ hasna. Right? For every harf, there's a hasna. For every hasna, you get at least tenfold thereof. Yeah? But for those who are for patience, there's no care. It's beyond calculation. 
open-ended, unlimited. Allahu Akbar. So every other type of qurba, every other type of you know means to of approach to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has a measurable or something which is you know mentioned in a measurable quantity. As for patience, open-ended. And therefore, we can under, perhaps it would be easier for us to understand why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Som, فَإِنَّهُ لِي وَأَنَا بِهِ For every other, you know, qurba, for every other act of, of ibadah and worship. So there's a specific reward that you'll be granted, you see. As for Som, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that's for me and I personally will give the reward thereof. Why? Because Som is patience. And therefore, some of the Mufassirin mentioned that, Sta'inu bis sabri wa salat. Sabr. Some of them say sabr here is meaning som. It requires patience, particularly in Chicago in the middle of the summer. Yeah? How, how long is your, has your som in the middle of the summer? 18 hours. And what could be better than the ma'iyat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allahumma as-sabirin. Allah SWT is with the people of patience. May Allah SWT grant us. Similarly, Allah SWT has granted three things for patience that he hasn't, you know, put together for any other khasla. Khasla, any, any particular quality. Now what are those three things? Wabashir uh, sabirin salutations directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mercy and guidance for what? for patience And Abi Sayyidin radiallahu ta'ala ma uti ahadun ataun khayran wa awsa min as-sabr. Nabi alayhi salatu mentions on the authority of Abi Sayyid radiallahu anhu that no one has been given a grant huh, more beneficial and more expansive than patience. Wa anil hasan hasan al-basri rahimallahu tabarak wa ta'ala الصبر كنز من كنوز الخير لا يعطيه الله عز وجل إلا لعبد كريم عنده. That sabr is a very valuable treasure, is a very valuable gift, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala doesn't grant anyone except a slave who has a very high status and position with Him. وصبر ما صبرك إلا بالله. So sabr is going to be achieved by the tawfiq of Allah of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala alun. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all. There was an arif, you know, someone who was very knowledgeable and close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he, he used to keep with him one little rukah. Rukah is like, you know, chit, you know, a little note, sticky note, right? So he used to keep that note in his pocket, you know. And every so often he would take that out and just see it, you know. So what was on that note? And that note was written, Wasbir li hukmi rabbika fi innaka bi'a'yunina. Wasbir 
So be patient for the order and the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of your Rabb. For verily you are in our eyes. This is an expression the Arabs use, you're in my eye. In other words, you're under my consistent and constant observation. So be patient because I'm observing you. So he used to see this every time. That might be a good idea for, to put that, you know. Keep that there in our pocket, take it out every so often. And then he talks about, you see, sabr is something which is peculiar to the human being. You know, the other animals of the, you know, we're, we're an animal, you know, a, a type of an animal, but the very highest form of animal. Other animals, they can't show patience, you see. So this is something which is peculiar to the human being. As for animals, you could not picture them being patient because their whole, you know, continence is to look after their desires and fulfill those desires. And as for the, the, the malaika, as for the, you know, the, the angels, so they don't have, you know, the same problems that we have. They don't have desires, they don't have passions. So they're connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their shok and their raqba is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, so actually it's us, we, the human beings, who actually have this ability to show patience. And that, you know, it, it goes in, in stages. So he talks about, you know, when the child just comes out of the womb of his mother. So, what happens? He has these passions of food, he has these passions of... Uh, it de develops from passion of food into passion of play. Okay? And then ultimately, then he starts to, you know, observe his appearance, and he starts to passion of looking good, and then he starts uh, developing passion for the opposite sex. Okay? And then what happens, he starts getting older, and then, so, now the beginning of guidance starts, you see, appearing. So this is what we say, Hidayat al-Fitrah. So Allah subhanahu wa is actually placed in the, in the kiyan, as we say, in the, in the essence or the being of the human being. To some extent, you see, his rushd. Huh? So the human being, you know, when you do something good, you feel good, yeah? When you're doing something wrong, you feel it. So this is the, the fitrat. So that fitrat starts to begin to take play at the age of tamiz. Tamiz, you know, the child is not actually balig yet, but he's starting to understand right from wrong. Okay, then when he becomes balig, then this develops a bit more. He starts to be able to understand right from wrong, good from bad, virtue from non-virtuous. But still, he requires a murshid, he requires someone to guide him, and he requires a system, a, a, you know, a structure to guide him, you know, towards all that is good and to abstain from all that is bad. So here, without shara, he won't reach his goal. So now, at the sin of Bulu, when his maturity is of, uh, is of a higher level, so now, He's able to actually utilize the talimat al ilahiyya and the shara and the, the way of, our, of the Prophet And at the same time he finds himself in a consistent battle. As he says, Al-harb sijal So his desires and his passions, you see, are desiring and the shara says, no, sorry. 
It's not on. So that harb and that, you see, that wrestle, you see, is taking place. So, sabr, so then what is the essence of sabr then? So the essence of sabr is what they say in Arabic, thibat ba'ath al-deen fi muqabalati ba'ath al-shahawat. The deen says, do this, and my desires and my passions say, I want to do that. So what do we do? Patience is to do what the deen says, and to suppress that which our desires say. Then there's different categories of patience. So basically there's two major uh, sort of categories of patience. One you would call a physical sort of bodily patience, like very difficult, uh, you know, physical work. It requires patience. I don't know. Uh, who's from Pakistan? Yeah. So probably you've seen our Pathan brothers, you know, with their sledgehammers breaking rocks in the 100 degree, you know. This requires patience, yeah? Well, what kind of patience is that? That's a physical type of patience, okay? So, that's one type of patience, and that patience you'll also need, you know, in certain, you know, acts of worship, for example, in Salat, Taraweeh, it can get physically rough sometimes, yeah? Especially if an 18-hour fast and, you know, in a hot summer day. So, that's also required. And then you will require the second category of, of, of patience is what is known as the nafsani, or which is, deals with the internal type of, you see, um, patience which has to be observed. And this takes different forms. So, if that has to do with the desires of the stomach and what's below the stomach, so sabr in this case is known in the Arabic language as iffa. Chastity. Okay? That's patience. So, if this patience is observed in the, in, for example, on the battlefield, so what do we call this patience? Hmm? Bravery, courage, patience. Okay? And when somebody, you know, rubs us the wrong way and we want to blow up and explode, then to suppress that is called what? Hmm? Clemency, forbearance. So this is also, it's sabr. It's also a patience, but it takes a, a different name here. We call it helm, you know. Something takes place which is against our, you know, our tabiat, our, you know, our desire, our, our you know, our liking. So, you know, openness of heart. Sa'ata sadr, we call it. But it is actually patience, in fact. And you have been, in, you have been you know, entrusted with some, you know, confidential information. And usually people, you know, are not particularly in keeping that confidential. You know, we tend to let it slip out. Yeah? So to be patient and keep that, you see, actually, you see, confidential. So we call this in Arabic, kitman as-sir or to, you know, protect confidentiality. This is also requires patience. And uh, if it has to deal with, you know, what we say in Arabic, fudul al-aish, you know, the unnecessary things of life to do away with them, dispense with them. This is known in, in the language of shara as zuhud, abstention. But actually, in fact, it is patience. 
Okay? And when someone has straightened circumstances and he's content with that contentment, that's also, as we call it in the language of, of Shia, kana'a. Okay? Contentment. Contentment is also what? Patience with your had that Allah SWT has given you. And in the face of musibah, then it's called sabr. <laughs> right? إِذَا أَسَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَتُونَ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِنَا أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ عَلِيمٌ So all these, all these actually, all of these different, you know, praiseworthy traits, when it, they all boil down basically to various expressions of sabr. So therefore you can deduce from that, or summarize that, uh, as he says, أَكْثَرَ أَخْلَاقِ الْإِيمَانِ دَاخِلَةٌ فِي الصَّبْرِ so all of these various, you know, characteristics, imani characteristics, all actually enter into the umbrella of sabr. So is it important or not? Very important. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all. Then it's interesting to note that obviously this being the case, and it is the case, so... We are not able to do without sabr in any condition among all the conditions of our day and night. In other words, in every situation we require, you know, to exercise sabr. And if we look at it and further analyze it, we'll see that anything that, that takes place in our life or any situation that we're faced with, it has to be of one of two. Either it's something that it goes along with our liking or it's something that goes against our liking, right? Anything that we face, either it's something that we're happy about or something that is, you know, rubbing us the other way. So, for example, those things that we would like to see, we would like to see, for example, good health, right? Salama, you know, peace and security. We'd like to see ourselves, you know, in a good, you know, economic situation, mal, ja, you know. People like us, people respect us, places, you see, uh, in, in a position of esteem. Kathrat al-Ashira wal you know, especially the Arabs now, actually, un <laughs> amazingly, it used to be that people used to like to have a lot of children and a lot of, you know, Ashira, and now it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like a big no-no, you know, one kid, two kid, that's it. But previously, people would want to have, you know, a lot of children and have a lot of, you know, their, their tribe and their clan should be increased because that's going to be very supportive for you. So actually that's a very favorable circumstance for you. Or if you happen to be a leader, obviously you would want many following, you know, many following you. So these would be the things that you would like to see happening. So, so where's the sabr here? Yes, sabr is also connected here. How is that? So, he says that sabr is required from four dimensions. Even in those things that everything's fine. So, I mean, where's the question of sabr? Sabr is at question, and it's very much at question. Because, number one, all of these situations and halat require us not to become comfortable therein. You're healthy today? What about tomorrow? No telling. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may afflict us with disease. He might take away our health, you see. So, 
we should not be content with that. And that health is actually is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if he wants, he'll give it. If he wants, he'll take it. If he wants, it will benefit it. If, if not, that health may make us arrogant. It might make us, you know, it may facilitate us in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it would be a musibah for us. So we are not to become la yarkunu ilayha. We shouldn't become complacent therein and be comfortable, you know. Similarly, secondly, la yanahamiku fiha. You know, don't get carried away with it. You know, health is great, but I mean, you know, all day long, you know, exercise, dieting, reading, you know, online, you know, 24 hours a day, health, 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 health. So, latan hamikufi. And it's sort of mild and all these other, you know, forms of afiat. So, we don't get carried away. We don't go over the limits. And number three, what are the orders and, and, and uh, you know, injunctions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning all of these areas, fulfill those. And lastly, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in all of these favorable conditions, utilizing them and helping others, you know, with ta'awan al-birri wa taqwa So we'll have to actually use these, these are actually ni'mas from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that have to be used for the benefit of ourselves, the benefit of others. Okay? And if one isn't careful in the face of all of these things that favorable conditions, then what happens is that our nafs will, you know, take off and will be overpowered by arrogance and, you know, going exceeding the limits. And it's said that, you see, the person of Iman, it's not so difficult to be patient in the face of adversity, but it's very difficult to be patient in the, in, in the face of, huh? in the face of good times. In hard times, you really don't have a lot of choice. <laughs> but when we find ourselves in afiat, when we find ourselves, you see, in, uh, in better times, so even that's more difficult. Sayyidina Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, Sahabi al-Jaleel, what he says, he says, Ubtilina bid-dharra fa-sabarna, wubtilina bid-sarra falam nasbir. He said, we were tested in adversity. And we were patient. He's talking about himself, Sahaba. And we were faced with prosperity, but we were not able to be patient. So don't misunderstand here. It doesn't mean they, you know, did like us, no. It means that the level of, you know, the level of patience that they would like to have observed, perhaps, you know, they saw their own, you see, shortcomings, which... As the, the saying goes, any hasanat al-abrar, sayyat al-muqarrabin. You know, the very good deeds of the, of, the, of the rank and file of the good people, you know, are considered, you know, the weaknesses of the very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, in any case, shahid is that, you see, it's much more difficult, it's much more difficult to be patient in your prosperity than it is to be patient in adversity. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to us in, in many ayats, you know, to be careful about this point. Ya uladina amanu la tulhikum amwalikum wala awladikum an dhikrillah. What are the things that usually keep us from the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the attention to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is amwal, awlad, mal, and, and, and children. 
وَعَدَمُوا أَنَّمَا أَمْوَالِكُمْ أَوْلَادِكُمْ فِتْنَةٌ أَمْوَالْ أَوْلَادْ فِتْنَةٌ Even further, إِنَّ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ وَأَوْلَادِكُمْ عَدُوًا لَكُمْ فَحْذَرُوهُمْ From among your wives and from among your children are enemies to you, so be careful. So now don't go home and start, you know. <laughs> that actually is not the, what is inferred here. It means, Wallahu actually this was revealed because uh, some of the Sahaba who had accepted Islam, their wives and their children had not accepted Islam. And obviously they would pull them towards, you know, what they were about, rather than moving along with what they had embraced. However, a qaida qulliya is that, you know, Anyone who is drawing us away from the order of Allah SWT, this is a fitna, and wives and children tend to do that. So it doesn't mean that now you, you declare war, it means that you, you, know, you sit down and you communicate, and you show love and affection, and you know, bring them close and guide them along the way, and don't be pulled in the opposite direction by any of these means. May Allah SWT give us all tawfiq. So, Perfection is actually a kamal, is sabr in afiyat. So in these, you know, prosperity conditions, to be patient at that, that's really, you know, that's perfection. And uh, that perfection is also the next, you see, that's why, you know, sabr and shukr, they have to be mentioned together because you cannot actually exercise sabr unless you're exercising along with it shukr and vice versa. So neither one of them will take place in the absence of the other. So sabr requires shukr and shukr requires sabr. Allahu Akbar. So, shiddat al-sabr al-sarrar li wujud al-qudra. So actually, and why is this so difficult? Because you're able to, you know, for example, when you're poor and you don't have anything to eat, what do you do? Either you cry about it or you... Are you patient? In any case, there's nothing to eat, so you're better off just being patient. So usually that's what people do. But the food is all there, you know. Like the Dastar Khan that we see, you know, uh, when we're the uh, so-called the honored guests and uh, everything is laid out in front of us. So now this is more difficult. When nothing was on the Dastar Khan, it was quite easy to be patient. But now all of this khairat, you know, to be patient and, you know, Watch yourself, you know. So now it becomes more difficult, yeah. So when we have the ability to, you know, fulfill our desires, it's so to be patient in that condition is much more difficult than being patient when the desires, the fulfillment of the desires are not present. The second halat, one was that, okay, in the, those conditions which are favorable, you know, for us. What about the conditions which are unfavorable? So those things which are, you know, against our wishes and, and desires are basically three where patience is going to have to be observed. Number one, ala ta'at, in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And number two, anin ma'asi. And number two, to be patient to withdraw and cease and desist from disobediences of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, ala ma'la yadkhul tahtal ikhtiyar. On those things which take place that are not within your choice, out of your choice. In other words, musibats, problems, calamities that befall you. So patience 
in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, patience from abstaining from the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and patience with the halat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mets out to us, our qadr. So as for the patience in ta'at, in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what happens is, is that when we start out in any form of ibadat, so it requires, you see, us to be consistent. And what happens is, is that the nafs, you know, the ego and the, or the, you know, our inner, our inner quwad, it becomes lazy, right? So number one is that laziness befalls us. You know, the beginning of Tarawiyah, mashallah, by the 8th rakat, 12th rakat, 16th rakat. So, we are human beings after all, so laziness can, you see, over. So, to be patient against that laziness. In the example of, for example, Salat and things of that nature. Another problem that overtakes us and prevents us from sabr is Bukhal. You know? Uh, stinginess in terms of what those type of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which, in, in, which involved expenditure, expenditure, mal paying of zakat paying of sadaqat, paying of khairat you know the excess of, the, of that mal which actually is not needed by us to spend that in the so our greediness actually sort of prevents us from that and there are other forms of worship which both are at play both laziness and both, you see, uh, uh, and both greed overtake us. For example, in Hajj and Jihad, in both of these things, you see, it requires expenditure of both. So, somebody in all of these, all of these obediences of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, require the exercise thereof in three instances. In the beginning. So patience in the beginning of any obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires defining the intention and being steadfast to that, okay? Thus he and niyat was sabr ala riyadh, to focus on the intention to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and save oneself for showing of others. Number two, during the, you know, during the practice of that particular obedience. And that is, for example, the condition of Salat. So once we start out with that intention to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to continue pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do we have to do? We have to continue to be attentive to Him. So we have to be patient not to let ghafla overcome us. Ghafla, you know, uh, letting our minds and our thoughts wander elsewhere. In the meaning of one hadith, that when our minds wander to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is seeing into our minds, into our hearts. Are you wandering, you know, and thinking of that which might is better than me? <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and give us tawfiq. We're all quite guilty of all of these things. May Allah help us. So in, while we're doing, you see, in any, in any form of act of ibadat, act of worship, so to remain attentive to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know, be patient that ghaflat should not overtake us. And then thirdly, to be patient in the continuation of the etiquettes and the sunan that those, you see, uh, forms of worship require from us. 
For example, in, in Salat, to remain, you see, motionless, to keep our eyes fixed at the proper places, you see, to keep that, you know, outward and inward, you know, keifiyat. So, to continue this throughout the act of worship, So this patient has to be continued right up to the very end of, of the particular, you know, the particular worship that we're engaged in. And then, lastly, patience has to be observed even after we finish that, after that salat, after that act of obedience. And that is, we should be patient in, you know, not talking about it. I did such and such and I, you know, because that's going to spoil it, yeah. And from any other thing that might actually ruin that form of worship. For example, harming others, backbiting, all of these type of things would actually spoil. So we have to be patient about protecting and preserving our, you know, our obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by patient, be making ourselves patient from engaging in such things. And then in terms of uh, patience on the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, So, as it said, So the more easy it is to perform that disobedience, then the more difficult it is to be patient from it. So what comes to mind now? What's the easiest disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our present day and situation? Hmm? Well, two things you see come to mind. Number one, tongue. It's very easy to, for the tongue to slip. And it's equally as easy for the eye to slip. And probably one of the, you know, the, the easiest, you know, forms of masiyat in our present day is all this digital junk. Yes? Phones, Facebook, Twitter, huh? when, what have you. So, all those things which are, the easier, the more available those things are, then the more it will require our patience, you know. For example, somebody's, you know, sitting on the bus or on the train and he's driving somewhere. For, for him to take out, you know, a, a bottle of alcohol or take out drugs and start using, it'll be difficult. But for him to take out his phone and start seeing wrong things, difficult? Ah. Uh -huh. So these things require a higher level of observations of patience. So particularly he mentions, you see, the ma'asi of the tongue, because the tongue, it's, you know, <laughs> it's generally out of control, either in ribat or lying or, you know, arguing. So these are very easy to do. To observe patience on that, you see, is not an easy job. Okay. So if we can't keep patience, so he says, if you can't keep patient of keeping your tongue at bay, then probably what you need to do is go into isolation <laughs> and not mix with people more than absolutely necessary. Otherwise, you get yourself in trouble. Obviously, uh, we have to take that with a grain of salt. And then thirdly, those things which you see are out of our control, the situations that you know are connected with the qadr, Qadr and Qadr, Messiah, problems, difficulties, you know, 
calamities, you know, uh, our wealth is lost, sihat is lost, our health, you know, health, wealth, whatever it may be. So, To remain patient in, in the face of this, actually, it requires yaqeen. So the patience that we're talking about is a shari patience. This is a patience which Allah subhanahu wa appreciates. So that patience is actually a branch of yaqeen. When we have yaqeen that Allah subhanahu wa has control of everything in this universe, and every condition of the universe is from his qada and qadr, so then we're patient with it. Not only we're patient with it, but we'll see that there's also levels of patience. The lowest being that we don't complain. Right? And uh, then there's higher levels, you see. We don't complain. The other is that we accept it. We don't complain, but it's, we feel it, you know. The other is that we feel it, but we're content with it. And the other is, you see, and the last one we'll hear about is that even, you see, the very, you know, close people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when a musibah befalls on them, you'll find them, they're even happy about it. How is that possible? So we'll hear that, inshallah, soon. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam says, مَنْ بِهِ خَيْرًا يُسِبْ مِنْهُ if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants good for someone, he causes calamity to befall him. He wants good for me, so you should give me money, you should give me position, you know. But maybe that's not good for us. Maybe that money and position is going to take us farther away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas that musibah will, you know, it may break our ego, it may break our, you know, and, and, and put our faces on the ground where it belongs, you know. And, in pleading with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi mentions Allahu Akbar. Oh, before that he mentions also then Sabr ala al-adhan nas bitalk al-mukafat. So And this is something that, you know, we need to really understand living in the United States and particularly with situations, uh, in some cases, moving towards the unfavorable. Yeah? So, relax. Don't worry about it. Because we have great opportunities. So if someone, you see, uh, uh, calls us names or someone, you know, uh, treats us in an uh, unfavorable fashion, so we look at it as an opportunity. Be favorable. And don't, you know, no mukafat, you know. He calls you a name so you call him one back. No. We're patient, you know. And in fact, we don't, we don't reward a sayyah with a sayyah, but we reward a sayyah with a hasana. So if somebody, you see, does ill to us, then we do good to him. How long is he going to do it? You know? Imam Abu Hanifa, a very interesting story. He was sitting in his halaqa, and his halaqa was a big halaqa, like this. He used to have 50, 60, 70, you know, ulama of different, you know, disciplines always around him, and they used to throw out the masala, and they would, 
you know, they would have long discussions. So, in the course of one of these sessions, somebody came, and he was standing right on the head of uh, Imam Abi Hanifa, and he was cursing him, you this and you that and you that. They didn't pay any attention. Just kept on with the darts. And this guy's, you know. So then after the dust finished, then he got up and he was walking towards them. And the guy's behind him and still cursing him. And now he's walking in the street and the guy's still behind him and cursing. So finally he gets to his house and now he turns to the fellow for the first time. He says, okay, if you have anything else that you'd like to, you know, say about me, to kindly say it now because I would like to enter my house, if you don't mind. So the fellow just, you know, melted and just... I'm sorry. So if we will observe patience in the face of adversity of this type, and this is significant for us living here, we will be an example, you see, for others, and it's a very high position that we can expect with Allah subhanahu wa So, and this is a very high martaba, and what Allah subhanahu wa says about such people, and if we will observe patience and observe taqwa, then that is among the very highest of, you see, of occupations and the very highest of, you see, of things. And what they used to say to Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, this is Nabi Allah, Rasulullah, Sahir, Majnoon, Madman, you know, Magician, you know. And what was his response? The more that he was shown, you see, ill treatment, the more he responded with positive treatment. And all of a sudden, the one between you and him was Tremendous animosity, all of a sudden you were bosom friends. So who is that? Who did that happen for? sabaru. Those people who observe patience. And if you observe patience, then it's much better. Allah subhanahu wa says for those who are patient. So among the fadail of patience, he said any any problem that overfalls a Muslim of any type Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know he makes it a kafara. All of our sins are excused as a result of these things. Sometimes we have maratib, sometimes we have a position with Allah subhanahu wa We'll never reach there with our fasting, our obedience. So Allah subhanahu wa gives us a, another medium by which to reach. And that is problems and difficulties. We face them with patience. Allah subhanahu wa takes such people to very high positions. And never does a Muslim is afflicted by any type of problem, whether it be illness, discomfort, fatigue, worry, grief, no type of, you know, adversity, no type of grief, even that, you know, thorn that he might, you know, be afflicted with in, in the path. 
except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives his sins thereby. And in the hadith, Nabi was asked that who are those who are going to receive the toughest tests? Man ashadda nas bala'an. So Nabi replied, Al-anbiya thumma salihun thumma al-amthal fal amthal min al-nas. First of all, the Anbiya alayhim And then, the Salihun, and then the best in their, according to their rank. So the more tougher the test, it may indicate the higher the status. You see? So it's not like, you know, we're getting all these, you know, problems and difficulties, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, you know, unhappy with this. Perhaps he's testing us, and he's giving us a higher test, because, as Nabi also mentions here, what? Yubtala rajul ala hasbidiniya. The individual is going to be tested to the extent of the strength of his deen. In his deen is firmness and toughness, so he will be increased in the extent of his, in the extent of the testing from Allah subhanahu wa anhu. And if people like us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will Make it easy, you know. Subhanallah, what a musibah, you know, it's, it's, you know, the heater is not working. Dar es Salaam, oh my God, it's terrible. So this kind of things, you know, we are, so it shows that we are, <laughs> Sahaba, what they had to face, pious ancestors, what they had to face. Once Nabi wasalam, was sitting in the shade of the Kaaba during the Meccan period, and he was actually resting on his, what we call, you know, Rida, this, you know, uh, Chadr or this uh, shawl. So some of the Sahaba, you know, and of course we have the Sahaba, what type of afflictions, Sayyidina Balal, Sayyidina, you know, others, Khubayb and, and, and other Sahabas, what type of adversities they were facing. They said, Ya Rasulullah, won't you pray for us? You see our condition, pray for us and, you know, Allah tastan sirna, Allah tad'ulna, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help for us. So Nabi was laying, and then he sat up. He said that people came before you, that they were put up straight, a saw was placed in the middle of their head, and they were sawed in two, slowly. Other people were there, the hot combs of iron were placed on their flesh, and the flesh was slowly removed from the bones. None of this, you see, none of this caused these people to leave their religion. But you people, are impatient. So luckily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his, his principle is La Yukallifullahu nafsan illa wusaha. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows our weakness and He's testing us in accordance. And we won't be given a test that we cannot bear. So relax. I know after coming here to the to America this time everybody's all tense and you know trauma stricken. I don't know why. I was just telling the brothers, I'm observing that every time I come here, it gets better and better. You know? Yeah, I, I, I'm not having any problem. So, it's all in our perception. So, everything is fine, inshallah. We face difficulties, face them with patience, and that's also better for us. Okay. So, there is some adab of sabr also. Some etiquettes of sabr. So among those etiquettes of sabr that you observe sabr when it happens. You know, we don't jump up and shout and pull our hair and then, 
oh yeah, inna lillahi wa inna lillahi. That's not how it works. Actually, as-sabr in the sadmat al-ula, the first punch, sabr. That's actually not so easy, yeah. But if we keep that in mind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may give us tawfiq and administer appropriately. Second is to say, just as the ayah tells us, they say, qalu inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Do we all know that? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. This is called istirja. We remind ourselves that we're from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will we return. Okay. Third adab of sabr is that we don't start, you know, as the people of Jahiriyyah, you know, what they call sukun al-jawariyah. Your body should also be relaxed. You know, throwing your hands up and jumping up and down, you know. like So that's not, you know, matloob. So sukun of the heart, sukun of the body. Take it easy, relax. It's a test, it's a trial from Allah SWT. It, it came, inshallah, it will go. Sayyidina Ali he says, you see, that uh, it's only a matter of two days. Life is a matter of two days. One day it's for you, one day is against you. So when it's the one for, that's for you, so don't get arrogant. And if it's the one against you, then be patient, and both of them will wind up. Wind up in a few days. Okay. And the fourth etiquette is that you don't show the effect outwardly and apparently of this affliction. You know? Which generally ladies have, it's more challenging for them than men in many cases. So, musibat comes, so in the Sadmat al Ula, in its first bash, we remain calm and collected. And we say, inna lillahi wa inna and our bodies remain calm, and our faces should also remain calm. Okay. And some stories of our pious ancestors, Thabit Banani, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions that Abdullah ibn Muttarraf was the son of Mutarraf, one of our pious ancestors, and actually that son of his died. So his father came out for his janazah, dressed in very nice clothes and with his hair all, you know, oiled up, and people said, what's this? Your son dies and it's like you're going to a party, you know? So he said, what do you want me to do? I should, you know, uh, you know be you know, grief-stricken about it, you know? And he mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, you see, three great, you know, rewards for being patient for the death of my son. So this is actually, a, this, is a, this is a time of rejoicing. This is not a time of, you know, tearing our hair and, <laughs> and, and tearing our clothes as the, was the want of the people of Jahiliyyah. So each one of these khasalas, each one of these qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has, has promised those people of patience, these are all more dear to me than the world and all it contains. So why should I not, you see, be happy about it? Then a very interesting for the ladies, you know, a very interesting story that uh, uh, one of our pious ancestors was in the battlefield, you know, and he and his son both. So he told his son that, oh my son, go forward so that I might, you know, what we call, أَحْتَسِبُكَ إِنْدَ اللَّهِ 
go forward, you know, and get martyred so that I can, you know, have this honor, you see, on the day of Qiyamah. So his son went ahead and, you know, got his, you see, got his martyrdom and got his honor and his shudder from him. And so the father followed suit. So son, father, both. So now, you can imagine the mother and the, and the wife, son, shaheed, husband, shaheed. So the ladies of the area come for ta'ziyah, you know, for this uh, condolences. So she says, uh, and what we say in Arabic, we say ta'ziyah and we say tahniyah. Tahniyah is congratulations, you know, and ta'ziyah is, you know, oh, it's terrible, right? So she says, look, if you came for my condolence, you can go back where you came. If you came for my congratulation, welcome. If you came for my condolence, you can go back where you came from. That was the state of the women of that time. So may Allah SWT give us, you know, some, uh, as we say, uh, the, the, the breeze of the qualities that they had. Okay. Allah Akbar. Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala narrates that uh, from Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he says, إِذَا مَرَضَ الْعَبْدُ بَعَثَ اللَّهُمْ مَلَكَيْنِ فَيَقُولُ أُنْذُرُ أُنْذُرَا مَاذَ يَقُولُ لِعَوَادِهِ فَإِنُّ وَحَمِدَ اللَّهِ إِذَا دَخَلُ عَلَيْهِ رَفَعَ ذَلِكَ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَلَى وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ فَيَقُولُ لِعَبْدِ إِنْ أَنَا تَوَفَيْتُهُ أَنْ أُدْخِلُهُ الْجَنَّةِ وَإِنْ أَنَا شَفَيْتُهُ This is a very ajeeb. أَنْ أُبْدِلُهُ لَحْمًا خَيْرًا مِنْ لَحْمِهِ وَدَمًا خَيْرًا مِنْ دَمِهِ Allah Akbar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends two angels to the sick person and says, look, watch this guy observe. So when the people who come to visit him, if they ask him, how are you? So what usually happens? Oh man, what can I say? Head is aching, back is aching, this problem. So if he says, Alhamdulillah, right? So what happens is, so if he says that, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, okay, if my slave is happy and is praising me, so what will I do? So if I decide to take him in this, in this sickness, in other words, you know, if he dies and I take him away, so I'll put him in Jannah. And if I don't put him in Jannah, then I'm going to give him a flesh better than the flesh he had, and I'm going to give him blood better than the blood that he had. It's very interesting because now science tells us that after you know, see sickness, actually sickness is also a blessing in disguise actually in, in any case because what happens is if born patiently and you don't go overboard and throw a lot of you know unnecessary medication Dr. Sub, <laughs> he knows better so what happens is, is that actually the body by its own immune you know processes and its own rejuvenation processes actually the body becomes all the more stronger for it and your flesh actually becomes more strong and your blood becomes purified in tox the toxins you see are eliminated, etc. So it's quite interesting. So all the more reason that in, any, in the face of any adversity and in this case specifically in the face of disease or, or sickness that we observe patients and this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Muhammad with us inshallah. And not only on that, and I will excuse all of his sins. So therefore, you see, Aslaf, they used to, you know, they used to be happy, actually, when they were sick. 
Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala mentions min ijlalillahi wa ma'rifati haqqihi and la tashku wajhaka wa la tadhkur musibataka from the, the proper etiquette in observing the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that you don't complain about your problems right? that you don't complain about your problems and you don't mention you see the difficulties and calamities that have overtaken you one of our pious ancestors is Al-Ahnaf He says, my eye actually went bad and I didn't, nobody knew about that for 40 years. I didn't tell anybody. The guy went blind and nobody knows about it. SubhanAllah. Imam Ahmad He was sick. People came in and said, how are you? He said, Alhamdulillah. Bikhairin walafiyah. They said, were you experiencing, you know, uh, fever in the night? He said, look, don't ask me things that I don't really want to tell you. In other words, I don't want to mention anything that actually happened. But that's actually shikayat. That's actually, you see, complaining. So this is how, you know, our pious ancestors you know, looked at the face of adversity. Shaqiq Balqi rahimahullah ta'ala says, Man shaka musibatin ila ghayrillah lam yujid fi qalbihi li ta'atillahi halawatan abada. Allahu Akbar. He says that the person who, you know, complains about his problems and calamities to other than Allah, he will never taste the sweetness of the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ever. You might make salad, you might do all the things, but you won't taste the sweetness until you actually observe patience. Bye. You know, keeping your calamities and all those things to yourself. Allah Akbar. It's also said that you see the patience is also kanuz al bir. From among the, the secret treasures, you see, of the treasuries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to keep these difficulties and calamities, you see, uh, keep them covered without revealing them to anyone. And it's mentioned that our pious ancestors, as I mentioned before, they used to kanu yafrahuna bin thawabiha. And they used to actually, you see, get happy. They used to, you know, have farah. They were overjoyed when calamities used to befall. Why? Because they realized the, the benefit therein. So if a, there's a sual, so there's a problem here, there's a question, okay. So, la qudra ala admi karahiyatin masayif al abad. You know, we're, we're, as humans, we're not able to actually uh, abstain from feeling karahiyat, feeling, you know, that, you know, this has happened to me, and feeling, you know, the pain of adversity. So, you know, to be overjoyed about it, that's even farther off, you know. So, I mean, how do you explain that? So, he says the, the answer to that is that sabr is either about something that we love or something that is, you know, against, as we mentioned previously. So, and we are not held responsible for those things which are out of our we cannot acquire it. It's out of our, you know, the, 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 the realm of our acquisition. 
So for us to feel as human beings that if something overpowers us, some adversity overtakes us, so we feel, on the one hand, we feel that that is a calamity. And there's a human reaction to that. However, the aql, it tells us, even so, the reward that Allah SWT is going to give me and the thawab that I'm picturing, so for that, فَلْيَفْرَحُوا farihun. So those who are to be rejoicing should rejoice. So on the one hand, yes, you will feel something, I mean, as a human tendency. But from the intellectual standpoint, when we think about the, the benefit that Allah SWT is giving us, so we can, we can picture that. Is that clear? How is that? Similarly, like a person who spends a lot of money on a very expensive, uh, very expensive surgical operation. Number one, he spent a lot of money. Number two, it's painful. Yeah, practice up. At the same time, the guy is happy. He's cutting me up. The guy is cutting you up. How are you happy? I'm happy because I'm anticipating my good health after that adversity. So similarly, when the adversities befall us, so we look at the benefits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned to us. So the type of, the type of you see, rejoicing that we do, it is a rejoicing which is a shari rejoicing. It is not a, a tabi'i rejoicing or natural or human tendency. So the, uh, the, the du'a of sabr wa yusta'anu alayhi. So how do we, the application of sabr and how do we use it? So it's mentioned in hadith that whoever has sent down the disease, he has also sent down the cure and he has sent down the health along with that cure. So even though sabr is very difficult for us, but it is possible if we put together the mixture of knowledge and amal. And with the mixture of this ilm and amal, in that we will find, you see, the, we'll find the health, you know, to all of our adverse situations. And all of the diseases that uh, attack us physically and both in our hearts and in our nafs. And every, every type of disease, it has its own particular type of treatment that is appropriate for it. And the uh, mana of ilaj or the mana of treatment is that you go against it. You do the opposite. So, if, for example, if someone has the, the passion of, you know, uh, the passion for the, 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 the opposite gender, so there's three things that can be done. Number one is that you can continuously fast because the, the shortness of food or the, you know, the lessening of the food, it will reduce that. At the same time, when you fast, you will have to also watch yourself at iftar. So it doesn't mean, you see, making up for that at the time of iftar, but it means fasting properly and then at the time of iftar also taking the minimal amount of food. So this will break the, the what we call shahwat al Shahwat al-jins. The second thing is that qatal asbab al-muhija. And those, those things or those means that would, you know, bring up those passions. So also go far away from those things and cut them off. Like looking where we shouldn't look. Where we look where we shouldn't look so that affects the heart. The heart in turn affects the desires. 
So what do we do for that? So there's two things we can do. One is we can either go away totally from all of these things and, and abstain from them. Or we can actually do what is the Sharia prescribes and Nabi Salsam prescribes for those who can. And that is to where the desires are, you see, where we have desires, if we utilize those desires in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes, so this is haram. If we utilize those desires in something of its, of its nature, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes, this is mubah. So what do we do? Therefore, Nabi has prescribed nikah. Right? And the difficult and one and then probably one of the most difficult forms of patience is the patience of the inner Yasu to control our inner thoughts. Particularly from our inner chatter and our inner dialogue. So to remain patient, you see, from the what we call hadith and nafs. So particularly for those who find themselves in the masjid more, for those who go out in the jamaat, for those who are engaged in, in they, are, they have left, you know, the, uh, the mainstream society and they have actually, now you know, they are engaging in acts of worship, acts of ta'deem and ta'lim. So in this situation, the du'ai of hadith and nafs, thoughts, inner chatter, is, it goes on more. So to control that is also another very important form of sabr. So how do we deal with that? So we try and cut off those asbab, those things which are actually influencing us and talking to us. And we make our hum, we make our hum one. As it's mentioned, man ja'ala humum humman wahidan kafallahu humman dunya wal akhirah. So we put our hum totally on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and on akhirat and inshallah let these other, you see, uh, nafsi chattering be silenced. And then turn our contemplation towards the amazing creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we mentioned this morning. Sirful fikr al-malakut wa ajaib al-san'illah to look at all the, you know, our contemplation should come off of our money and our wealth and our position and our status and all of those things which are taking us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and put our attention and contemplation on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his ajeeb makhluqat. So in each and everything there is a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qudrat. Let our contemplation be focused thereby. And then lastly, so in doing so, the extent of which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open up the doors of his lutf and of his mercy, you know, and the different ahwal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open up for the person who observes patience, to what extent you'll achieve that, to what extent you'll be the recipient thereof. So he says, this is something like the hunter. So a hunter goes out, he spends all day in the jungle, and maybe he finds any game, or maybe he doesn't. Another hunter goes out of his house, and a deer crosses his path, immediately gets. 
So who's actually, you know, causing all this to happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, in observing patience and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in observing patience, so the outcomes, the ability to do so, it will be according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's We make our efforts. And, as is mentioned in the hadith, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has certain times that he opens up the breezes of special rahmat and mercy, nafahat. So you should actually, you know, expose yourselves to those special breaths of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, special mercy and tawfiq. You see? And he mentions that, how is that practically and operationally done? By severing our connections with the low and making our connections with the high. So with our minds and our hearts connected with the world and all that is contained therein, we will not be exposing ourselves to the nafahat al-Rahman. So in cutting those, those, you see, those, those thoughts and those connections in our taluqat, we live in the world but we're not connected to it. Huh? Connected with Allah subhanahu wa So in hoping so, so we, you know, like the farmer who prepares the soil, he places the seeds, and then he waits for the rahmat of Allah in the form of rain, right? So, we try and clean our hearts and our minds of the connection with the world and the worldly things. Turn our attention towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, plant the seeds of tawajjah ila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and hope for the rain of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and nafahat to take us to our destinations, inshallah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and all of us tawfiq. So, reading a few lines of sabr is not going to actually give us sabr, but actually in the field of, of battle, <laughs> in the field of battle with our nafs and shaitan and the environment, you know, battling with the ad adverse effects all around us. So inshallah, with the lessons of life, hopefully Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with this tawfiq, as we said, with our connection and with our attention towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so hopefully he will take us to our destinations. Woman Sara ala darb who remains on a path, eventually he reaches. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all every form of tawfiq. Subhanakallum bihamdigan wa shadu la ilantu wa nastaghfiru wa natubu ilayk. Subhanahu rabbika rabbil izidi amma yasifun wa salamun wa mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It was quite long. If there's any questions, otherwise it's... Probably everybody's tired by this time. No? Yes? Hmm. Ideally, as we heard, ideally, why, why would we want to share my, I would want to share my problem with him? Because hopefully he'll give me some relief. Sometimes just get, as we say, get it off your chest, you know. However, if you think about it for a while, suppose we develop our connection with Allah subhanahu our relationship with Allah subhanahu that when actually a problem befalls us, Rather than saying, oh, wife, oh, brother, oh, father, we say, oh, Allah. 
But unfortunately, we, we haven't developed that relationship, so it doesn't seem to be an option for most of us. Yeah. But the idea is that we develop that. In the meantime, obviously, I'm not saying you can't do that, you know, or that that's not jais, it, obviously. So, and uh, we are here for the support of one another, there's no doubt about that. But as far as possible, and as we develop our relationship, may I, myself, I'm talking to myself, if I will develop my relationship, if we all develop our relationship with Osman, then we'll find that complaining to him will be much more, and logically so, it will be much more effective as well. I mean, after all, what will makhluk do for me? In the end analysis. And what Allah, as Sayyidina Ya'qub said, no? إِنَّمَا أَشْكُوا بَثِّي وَهُزْنِي إِلَى اللَّهِ وَعَالَمُ إِنَ اللَّهِ مَالَ so he, he lost his son Yusuf, he lost his son Binyamin, and no clue. And to whom did he complain? And who did he expose, you know, that inner, you know, torture? You know, losing a son, and this is a Nebi who has lost, you know, sons who are now going to be Ambiya. This is not like, you know, you and me losing our sons. So what is it? Ashku bati wa Allah. So let us cultivate that connection, and in the meantime, no harm, yeah, no harm. But let us move towards the, the higher levels, inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahu alam. Wallahu alam. Wallahu alam. We consider it both. The question is if a calamity befalls us, so how do we know that this is a test or this is a punishment? So, probably it's best for us to look at it as both. Do we not deserve punishment? I don't know about you, but I certainly deserve you know, punishment in any case. So, we deserve a punishment, but the beautiful thing is, is that even though we deserve punishment, when we are patient with that punishment, then it becomes a ni'mat. So, therefore, in fact, it, it requires shukr. And then, for giving shukr for that for that calamity, to be able to give that shukr requires another shukr, and hanumu jarran. So actually, you can never actually, as we'll see tomorrow, you can never actually do shukr in its, as it should be done. So is, is that clear? Otherwise, we don't have a direct, uh, you know, uh, meter or, you know, tool to, to, to measure that. But, but generally speaking, you know, for those who are, you know, closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and without sins, which are very few, so obviously it would be Rafat Darajat, and for those it would be Klami, which also will translate into Rafat Darajat if dealt with with patience, inshallah. Wallahu tabarak ta'ala Yes. The, the general overriding principle is this, is that we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is after Allah, what do we say? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So the, over, the overwhelming and the overriding quality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rahmah. And now Rahmah applied in any given situation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Because he's also Hakim. This is his creation. He knows best. 
and he is the most concerned for his creation. So just as a doctor would know that this fellow requires surgery, this is a very bitter you know, medicine for his good. So we have to have this belief and this firm yaqeen that whatever Allah is meting out to us, it's for our betterment. Whether it's a disease, whether it's a calamity, you know. For example, the halat here in America. People are saying, you know, you know, this. I said, well, look, you know. So the very fact that you people are seeing, uh, you're feeling that we're being, uh, you know, under test and trial and under fire. So what's going to be the result? You're going to have to unite. Like it or not. <laughs> Hopefully you like it. So this is for your betterment. So relax, you know. It's all for your good. So for us to, be, and, and you know, for us to understand the hikmat or the, or, or the, or the good behind it, these various things, that's not our business. Our business is to understand that whatever happens, Allah SWT is bringing it about, it's for our betterment. If we respond in the way that Allah SWT wants us to respond in his Nabi us. And if you want a, a stark example, then just look in Surah Kaf and see the, the, the waqiya of Sayyidina Khidr and Musa salam. There once was a lady, I first came to Pakistan, and uh, very soon after that, some people came to me and said, there's, there's this lady and she's about to die. She's got terminal cancer or something like that, and she's really uh, in doubt even about her iman, and she's really, you know, so can you talk with her? I said, okay. So I, I went to see that, that, that woman, and she was saying that, look, you know, I'm a widow, and I have two, three daughters, and they're coming of age, they don't have anyone to support them, they haven't finished their education yet, and they're not married yet, and I'm also leaving this world. How can Allah SWT do this to me? So, I thought for a while, so, Tawajjilullah, what do I tell this one? So obviously I, I, I know that there must be, there's khair in it, but how can we have this woman to understand? So I said, well, listen, sister, you know, whatever the case is, you didn't create these daughters of yours. Allah SWT created them. And he's more concerned for them than you are. And he is ahkam al-hakimin, and he's wiser than you are, and he's, he's Allah. Right? And sometimes Allah his modus operandi is beyond our comprehension, if not most of the time, a lot of the time. So, if we would like to have an idea of how perplexing it can be, so just see Sayyidina Musa salam, and he is, you know, one of the, what we call ulul azam, the five major, you know, chieftains of the prophets. And when he came to know about that someone was actually had knowledge that he didn't have, he was very keen to go and learn. He was also Talibin. That's for us to think about, you know. So, when he meets Khidr, Khidr said, look, if you want to, you know, if you want to stay with me, and you won't be able to do it, because you won't be able to be patient with, with me. No, no, I'll be patient. I want to learn. I'll be patient with my Ustad. He said, if you want to be patient, then if you want, if you want to stay with, hang out with me, then you have to Keep quiet. Whatever I do, don't mention anything. 
So the first thing that happens, they come to the seaside and they need to pass over the, the water and they find a boat and Khidr, alayhi salam, he actually knows these people, in fact, they're, they're people that, and so they, they know him and they say, yeah, Irkab, you know, uh, we'll take you without even any remuneration, without pay. So as soon as they get in the boat and they're out a little ways, so Khidr takes one plank from the boat, pulls it out, and the boat sinks. And Musa said, wait, hey, wait, <laughs> you know, what's this? You know, and, and in Sharia, this, is this jayz or not jayz? Ihlaq yani milk al How does that go down? This is not jayz. Sharia, you can't do that. I mean, why? You're destroying these people's boat. Khidr said, I told you. You're not going to be able to be patient with me. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. Excuse me, I, I forgot. So they, they carry on. So they, they're going down the road and the young boy, not even Baalikh, so Khidr just grabs him and in one riwayat just takes him by the head and pulls his head off. Now this is rougher than the first one, you know. A little kid, innocent little kid, I mean this is, you know, this is not on. I told you. <laughs> You're not going to be able to be patient with me. So now Musa has started to realize that, yeah, this is really tough. This is very difficult. So then ultimately, you know, they, they come to a wall. You know, they come to a place, you know, and the, the people of, you know, the, the it's, it's, it's true everywhere, even here in America. If you come to a village, you know, you come to a countryside, you know, everyone will, you know, they're kind to you and they'll give you something, and especially in the Semitic peoples and the Eastern peoples, you know, they, that's their want. So they came to a village and nobody helped them, nobody fed them, nobody did anything with them. This is really, it's not. A, and in spite of that, there was a wall that was about to fall and Khidr, you know, patched up, got it all straightened up. So Musa said, well, you know, you can take a remuneration for that. I mean, you did good to them. They didn't give us what we deserve, so at least, you know, they should pay us for this. So Khidr said, so this is the end. And now I'm going to explain. So Khidr salam explained to Musa salam that look, this is what happened. That boat, it looks like I destroyed their boat. Actually, I saved their boat. Because what was happening, and you didn't see this, there was a king that was coming around and snatching all the good boats in the area. And so these guys would have been out there. But I actually had his boat sink in shallow water. So after the king passes by, they'll be able to get their boat out. And they'll actually, I saved their boat for them. I didn't destroy their boat. And as for that boy, in the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this fellow is going to grow up and be a tyrant. And perhaps even force his, his parents out of, you know, Islam altogether. So Allah subhanahu wa wanted to actually change that boy for a better one, right? And as for that wall, under that wall, which nobody was observing, there was a treasure which was buried for some orphans in that village. And their great-great-great-grandfather, whoever happened to be a pious man, so Allah subhanahu wa wanted to actually keep that intact for them. So these were the things that you were not able to be... So actually Musa salam had knowledge of Sharia, whereas Khidr had knowledge of Taqween. He was sent by Allah for the mysteries of the, of the, you know, the stories and the mysteries of life that only Allah knows the secrets and the meanings and the wisdom. So we don't know why Allah has done that, but we do know that Allah wants good for us and He's doing what's in our best interests. Just like the small kid. Why are you taking that toy away from me? Why are you not giving me bubble gum to chew? 
Because the parents know it's not good for you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may take something from us or give us situations for our betterment if we understand. And if we don't understand, this much we understand, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants better for us to be patient and look for the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the given situation. Is that, is that clear? No. Easier said than done. Yeah, I know. Uh, no doubt. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and tisir.